You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Jordan Harris, Stadium. The correct Jordan Harris Stadium time is 8.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. I bet it's pitch black in Auburn. Sure is. Your digital audio device is tuned to the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo. To one side of me is the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for shout out to Josh Dubb for being the best husband ever, according to his wife on Facebook. And based on what she said, I have to agree. He's doing it for all of us. Josh, let me know what you've done. To the other side of me, giving you full four paint ASMR, the stuff you pay the most money for, the stuff you got to find secret recordings of to play in your ear holes late at night, the AU chief. Hey, hey, hey. On today's show, we're talking about Ted Lasso. I just want to say... Most uh, comedies, season one of comedies, is terrible. If you go back and rewatch Office season one, it's not great. There's one episode of The Office season one that's really good, and it's Diversity Day. Every other episode is not super good. If you go back, as a matter of fact, they almost like canceled this show. They had to rewrite <laughs> the character of Michael Scott for season one because he was so unlikable. Yeah, the, the basketball game was pretty good. If you go back and rewatch Parks and Rec, it doesn't really pick up steam until like season two or three. Like you're, it's about the time that they got rid of a certain cast member. Yeah. You're, you're, you're 40 episodes or so almost into this thing before Parks and Rec really gets, it's, it really gets it going. Ted Lasso from the, probably the end of episode one had me so intensely hooked I cannot, I don't know of a show that has ever done that to me that quickly, except for the maybe, and this is not comedy at all, but the first episode of True Detective, where like within the first, within the end of the first episode, I was like, yeah, I'm watching all of these tonight. And my wife and I watched the entirety of Ted Lasso in two days, two nights after the baby went to sleep, we stayed up and watched the whole thing because each episode is like 25 minutes long and the Venn diagram of shows that I like comedies that I like and my wife likes is small that is a small <laughs> overlap but she loved Ted Lasso and I love Ted Lasso is so good that I'm like I, I can't stop thinking about it it's changed it's changed my paradigm for I don't know ethical living and how to go about being a person in the world. It is so good. 
for those of us that haven't seen it, give us the gist of what the show is. All right. Go on um, YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this, Ryan, Ryan, you don't have to. I'll let Crow go with his description. But go on YouTube and look up uh, Ted Lasso NBC commercials, and that'll give you an idea of what you're what you're going into. Um, it's not exactly like that uh, because obviously that can't sustain a uh, full. Right. They have to they have to give a reason why he's in the situation he's in. Uh, but. Uh, go go and search for those commercials. They're from like 2013, I believe. Yeah, and they're hilarious. Uh, there's a, a at the time people seeing it were like, "Oh, this would be a great show," and it finally is. But go ahead, Crow. So, what is, is this like if we made Larry Culpepper into a show? Yeah, <laughs> see, that's the uh, thing. If you make a commercial into a show, it always like look look at the Caveman show, the Geico oh Caveman show. God. It was ab- absolutely reviled. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Brian, the Geico cavemen were, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a for Geico. Okay. So Ted Lasso, the premise of the show is an American from Kansas city coached Wichita state to the division. I guess it's F the FCS you know, championship. They, now I, I got mad at this in, in the episode one because, uh, Scott Van Pelt knows better than to call them division two. But he he went with it anyway. He should have corrected the script. There is a you know Wichita State coach that's looking for a job now, so maybe this fits. <laughs> so they Wichita State in the show is Division Two, and actually they're, they're FCS, right? They got to be because right. the you can't split uh, between okay. like you're, you're since Wichita State the bas- the Shockers basketball team is Division One. Well, right. I want to say they, they might not straight have a football up team. didn't have a football team. Yeah, they may not have ago. a football. Team. Yeah. That's a new thing. So he coaches Wichita State to the championship and then leaves unexplained, unexplicably, inexplicably to go to coach a middle of the table to lower end of the table English Premier League club that doesn't really exist. Richmond, AFC, AFC Richmond. And I think it's actually Richmond AFC, which is weird. But. Yeah. Anyway. Well, oh no, it's AFC Richmond. And what's okay. funny is it is Crystal Palace. Like it's it's filmed in Crystal Palace's stadium. They wear Crystal Palace's colors. Yet they play Crystal Palace in the first game of the season. Yeah. So it's I think really kind of a weird. I think that's intentional. But, yeah. Uh, so they um funny thing. There he goes and coaches there. Now obviously that's going to be hilarious. He knows nothing about soccer. His assistant coach comes with him, and his assistant coach is I think. A genius, like it's kind of like led. You're led to believe that he is this like actual genius uh, chess master who is just about strategy, but also is along for the ride on the lasso system. He, he may be on the spectrum as well. I think that may yeah. be what they're going for with that. He is reading like soccer for dummies on the airplane. He's re- the, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> inverted like, pyramid. Yeah, you're reading like tag tactical thing. So anyway, Ryan, you have to like why is this guy there? Well, he's there in a very major league the movie situation. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, "Oh, this is just major league, right?" So the owner, <laughs> the owner of the team is a is a woman who has just been divorced. Just divorced her husband who owned the team and got the team in the divorce. Her husband's been cheating on her all over town, all over England with hot young women. 
And she is so upset about it that she's decided to take the thing that he loves the most, his soccer team, and tank it, like run it into the third division. So to do that, she's got to get relegated. And the best thought she had was, let's hire a joke of a coach to come in here and lose a bunch of games and we'll get relegated and it'll make him mad and I'll get back at him. That's why they hire, she hires Ted Lasso. What nobody's expecting is that Ted Lasso is the human embodiment of positivity. He is nothing but completely optimistic, completely positive, encouraging to everyone he meets all the time. He's like Roberto Martinez. It's unbelievable. Like, no matter what the people say, they have a Randy Quaid fan in the show. There are. There are three fans (laughs) just like that. Yes. well, and one of them is like not as mad about it. Like he like he's like uh, sort of likes Ted Lasso. Exactly. I love cool. the fans. Yes, and they but they interact with him uh, frequently at the at the pub. They they all go to the same local pub because it's like this neighborhood soccer team. But it's a it's a great like it's got every it scratches all of your itches for sports show. It is not a sports show. Which is why my wife liked it. Yeah, the, the so, only uh, the only soccer being played is in that first episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's very little soccer that you actually see in terms of games. There's a lot in the last episode too. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway through the last episode. So. But like, there's very little soccer action, so it's not like a soccer heavy show. You don't have to know anything about how the Premier League works to no. like the show or <laughs> soccer works. All you need to know is. Human emotion, hope, joy, belief, all these positive things bundled up together into one person that is Ted Lasso, and we should all aspire to live our lives more like him and just be positive. There's a moment, there's a moment in each episode where I literally was like, holy cow, that is, I would rather be that, like that than I am myself. (laughs) Like every time, every episode, there was a moment I was like, God, in that same situation, I would not react in that way. I would so react is this in a the TV way. show if we sent Bruce Pearl to a soccer team? Ted Lasso, uh, would make, Ted Lasso makes Bruce Pearl look like Bobby Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, know who he actually reminds me of is a parent. I watched a documentary one time on Barry Switzer and apparently Barry Switzer never yelled at his players. In Oklahoma or the Cowboys, like he never like raised his voice, and so like that to me, like he just well, he he it, only encouraged. It, it reminds it reminds me. Well, Roberto Martinez was was yes. apparently very much like this. Belgium's uh, current head coach and former yes. Everton manager. Form, former Everton manager, just always positive. Uh, he was so positive that it, it eventually, when things started not going well, and he was still saying the same positive things. It made the fans turn on him pretty harshly. Uh, but also, apparently, Carlo Anc- Ancelotti, Everton's current manager, is very much like this, too. Like, he has a book basically talking about this. Like, he's always positive. And that's that's the uh, the way he motivates his players. Um, there's, a, there's something to be said for, like, this show, it's not clean so like by no means am i saying you should find your like 
ultra conservative Baptist grandmother and say, <laughs> I think I got the show for you, grandma. Right. However, my mom loves it. And she yeah, like I can see my mom liking it. She's like not about sex jokes and bad language whatsoever, but loves Ted Lasso because he's just so nice. And every time she like she like quit she watched it before I did. And quit after episode one because she was like, I don't like how mean they're being to him. He's just too nice. <laughs> like, she just felt too bad about how mean people were being to him. I go, no, you got to give it a chance. Don't worry. It's going to work out for Ted. And, and so she, now she's finishing the show, but she's like, he's just so great. He's just so nice. It's like, yeah, absolutely he is. Yeah, so I think not only should Ryan watch it, everyone should watch it. Because as a populace, we need to be more like Ted Lasso in our lives. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you do. I will say, give it to at least episode three. It took me a while to, uh, to really be like, okay, it, I, I needed to be invested in the characters and I didn't really get there until um, around episode three. So, and, and then like, where's the plunge to get Apple, Apple TV? Oh, hmm. I, I didn't get Apple TV. Uh, okay. Other means. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't. I would not Michael say H. that. Method. I would. I would not say that uh, <laughs> if you aren't already paying for or getting Apple TV for free, I don't know that it's uh, uh, worth it. Although, I, is I there a trial? I would say there is. I think there might be a trial, and I think it, I think it's worth I mean, it. You can do it for a month too. Yeah, like, you know, it's not. It's I think it's worth it only because you can. It's a sports show, and you can probably write it off on your taxes. But also. <laughs> It's worth it because it's uh, it's that good. I, it's yeah, it's that good. I, I, I can't. If they had a bunch more shows like this, like if they had three other shows this good, then I would cancel my Netflix because I would just watch these. But they don't got they don't have any other shows on Apple TV. <laughs> it's it's kind of a wasteland. Come on, Tim. Apple, get us some more shows. All right, so from positive soccer thinking, mm. and I can go on and on because I could sit here and talk about the moment in which you see Ted Lasso baking biscuits in episode two <laughs> and the fact that, that in that very scene – It's a spoiler. You, spoiler for episode two. Like that endears you to this man so much and you, you begin to see the machinations of his mind going of this is – he has figured out the love language for each person that he meets. And he's like, I'm going to meet these people on their level and just be so nice to them. that They're going to have to, they're, they're either going to be nice to me back or in the case of one person, I'm going to continue to be nice to this person. And even if they don't love me back, it's still the right thing to be nice to these people. Sure. All right. So, from positive soccer news to negative soccer news. I don't Auburn, know. I, this is kind of positive soccer news, depending on Auburn, how you look at it. Auburn, the young, very young Auburn soccer Tigers um, have been knocked out of the SEC tournament in the quarterfinals, which is, mm. you know, they won a game, which is all you really want out of their, their draw. As bad as the end of the season was, their draw was pretty rough for them. Um, so they won the 8-9 game which then made them match up with the one seed Arkansas. And Arkansas is the best team and in the And who conference. did we knock out already? Just to Georgia. put this on the record. 
Georgia. Yeah, Auburn beat Georgia. Um, and then, I just want to make sure that was heard. And then Arkansas, the best team in the conference, the best offensive player in this conference, um, who was freshman of the year last year and this year was offensive player of the year. So we're going to have to deal with her for two more years. Her name is Anna. I can't remember what her last name is. But she is the best player in the conference. Um, anyway, got down in a 4-0 hole at halftime. Which you never, you never want to see yourself down for nothing. Not even halftime though. It was in the first like twenty, twenty-two yeah. minutes, and they were all on it set pieces off the bat. They were all on set pieces, which that's even more disheartening because you're giving up free kicks. It's like it really the set piece is the only real like quote unquote play that there is in soccer, and so you've got to like it really just am I gonna defend this, how am I going to defend this? It's like getting beat on out-of-bounds plays in basketball. It really just comes down to coaching and also like tactical knowledge by the players. Um, yeah, so it really stinks to get down 4 nothing. But then they could have given up and lost 4 nothing, like most teams would have. Speaking of Roberto Martinez, he must be coaching our uh, set piece uh, defense. (laughs) Famously, Ryan, Roberto Martinez, as he's called on that side of the pond, uh, uh, did not practice set pieces. Also famously, this would look a lot like a Roberto Martinez final score. (laughs) Yes, yes. Because. (laughs) Late stage Roberto Martinez. Yeah. So Uh, Auburn comes back with a flurry of goals in the second, including a free kick of their own. And then, with like 30 seconds left, has a chance to tie the game on a corner kick. It's so close. just goes wide. I mean, they dominated the entire second half. I mean, obviously the score was 3-0 in the second half, but, I mean, if you watched it, it was, the ball was on that side of the field the entire half. And like every other team but one in tournaments, Auburn finds out that its wings are made of wax. And it goes yeah. back down to earth. Well, and that's the way it works in tournaments. But you I put think, the you put the curse of crow on them uh, about four weeks or two weeks ago. So there really is only one team that's ever gotten the curse of crow <laughs> yeah, and continues to succeed as the men's basketball the team. Oh. <laughs> the men's basketball team continues to succeed regardless of what I say about. If yeah. I speak about a women's sport at Auburn, it is. Yeah, please do don't <laughs> talk about equestrian because. Yeah. <laughs> No, man. Or random dominance there. 60s and 70s musicians are talking about the question for us. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. All right. 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's true. The king. So we've uh, we've talked Ted Lasso. We've talked women's soccer. Shout out to Karen Hoppe. That's a, that's a yeah. heck of a job getting well, that longest team. Ten, longest tenured coach at Auburn. Uh, right. Yeah. Isn't that right? Didn't we, yes. didn't we determine that? No. Darn near close to the longest tenured coach ever at Auburn. I can't yeah. remember how many more years she's got, but longest tenured coach at Auburn. She is, oh man, this team had a really good chance of making some noise. They could, they're could. probably, I think, knock on wood, going to get a bid. If Are they doing a the tournament? tournament? Yeah, they, uh, didn't they already, can't, there's no NCAA events oh, yeah. this year, right? I think you're right for the fall sports besides football. It's a real bummer. It is a real bummer. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't do something. In yeah, the I, was gonna, I wonder if there'll be a 
some other yeah. sort of tournament organized. Another soccer a... news: Brie Foldinho, Brie Folds yeah. won her uh, team. North Carolina Courage. No, right. she's in like Norway, I think. Oh, okay. And her team has won its won its league. So that's right. The NWSL is not playing currently. So Brie Folds is a champ. Over in, I believe it's Norway. Okay. Is she just like even like the smallest per, per, uh, player in that league? Oh, I, I don't know, man. Because I mean, she she's, she's pretty very slight, tiny, isn't she? Yeah. Well, soccer and, uh, players are all pretty small. But uh, she's small yeah, but for an adult, not just for a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will get into whatever Ryan's got prepared for us in the show notes. Got show notes. I can't wait to read them. And we're back. 20 minutes, 30 seconds left in the podcast. Left? Or, not left. Uh, sorry. I always yeah. say that. A lot of timer. Well, all right. You heard it here. <laughs> Start the clock. Um, all right. Ryan, you have got a trivia question for us, which is a I new do. segment that we, we always introduce new segments that last for one week. And this is going to be another one, I think. Well, it's, it's more like a recurring bit. Like, not, not every week, but you know, we've done it. Ryan's before. asking the questions. It's does Crow know? Well, this is also Chief, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sure. So this came out of uh, <laughs> something we were doing in the Slack today, kind of preparing our countdown for football next year. Yeah, getting a little ahead of the game there. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys, who scored the first and last touchdowns of the Gene Chizik era at Auburn? First, I'll ask you this question. Can I ask a follow-up question? Is I it, don't have to answer it, but you can ask the question. Is it the same person? Huh? Is it the same guy? No. Okay, good. That would huh? make it really difficult. <laughs> okay. So, so I'll, I'll give you this ingenuous huh? if you want. So it's pretty. That funny. helps at all. Yeah. Good. Tell us. So the, the first game of 2009 was Louisiana Tech. Uh huh. Who was the last game? Cody Burns. Uh, I believe that's correct. Oh, really? I was going to say Trevante Stallworth. It's close. We pull it back up. Close. Uh, stick it <laughs> <laughs> oh, those two are always getting confused for each other. Yeah, Cody Burns, one yard touchdown uh, with a minute thirty left in the in the first quarter. All right, so Cody Burns. He's going to my second guess. Actually, he's going to my guess for for both. If it had to be both, but then I was like, yeah, I can't be right. He was a senior in right. 2010. So. Yeah. Um, last one, however. Hmm. And what was the uh, the Alabama game? It's a little game? tricky because if you remember, oh, we didn't score. We got shut out in that score. Alabama game. Yeah. Did we score against Georgia? We got shut out against Georgia, but Let's there was score. a game in between. Oh. Was it Gabe that was around McKenzie? the time we started doing FCS games in the middle. Yeah, was it Gabe McKenzie? <laughs> it was not. No, because no. he was playing tight end by then, I think. No, he started Gabe McKenzie tight was end. a senior in like 2008, wasn't he? Oh. Uh, yeah, was I think that's right. He was a defensive oh. end and a tight end. He was um, a tight end first and then a defensive end. He graduated after 08. I think he almost had a touchdown in the 08 LSU game. I don't know why. I know uh, that. Was it Ben McKenzie? No, that's it a joke. It was not. Well, Ben McKenzie <laughs> uh, is. Uh, 
Is it? Oh, I will say you guys are on the right. Like Ryan Atwood and uh, the Foxes, the OC. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No idea. Uh, you are on the right track. This is a defensive touchdown. Okay. Oh, man. It's Alabama it's, A&M. Is it Zach Etheridge? It is not. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good pull. Um, oh, shoot. And now, was it a, a pick six or a scoop and score? Uh, I don't feel the need to tell you that. Okay. Right, that must Would it, it help if I gave you the number? Because sure. I, I don't think that'll give it away. I don't remember. But sure. Number 31. Is it Trevon Reed? No. Okay. I don't remember what number he was when he was playing defense. Uh, 31. James Jones is screaming at Richie the, the, Miller. Richie Miller. You guys have just been active in the Slack today. You would have seen it. I was, but I... Um, I was too busy living <laughs> my life. Uh, 31. I'm guessing it was late in the game. Uh, obviously, second. It was the last so touchdown of the game. About third string in there. Uh, he was a scholarship player. Well, yeah, sure. but it's probably. Wait, Craig Stevens? <laughs> okay. Was, this is. I right. give up. Uh, 10 seconds. Who was it against? Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M. Yeah, who who uh, everyone that I worked with was uh, telling me that gonna was going to be Auburn, and we won pretty <laughs> handily. Uh, so to start this game, we went Trey Mason touchdown, uh, Ontario McCaleb touchdown, Trey Mason touchdown, Jay Prosh touchdown, Jonathan Wallace passed to Sammy Coates for a touchdown. Uh, nothing in the third quarter, Ontario McCaleb touchdown. And then the last touchdown of the game with 30 seconds to go. Trent Fisher. Oh, dang it. I should have remembered he was 31. That's <laughs> Coach Jeff Fisher's son. For those it of you. is. Yeah. Gosh. Man. The most 7-9 player to ever come to Auburn. Is <laughs> <laughs> that 8-8 eight eight stuff? Yeah. Doesn't really tie into anything uh, we're talking about this week, but no, but it bums me out. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. I forgot that he was 31. Good for the good for the Fisher kid, though. All right, yeah, he Let's, got a little bit of PT there uh, late in that season, if I recall correctly. I think yeah. I played that season. Yeah, well, we could have. Right. <laughs> Auburn football had a double by the rare double by. <laughs> And yeah, has this happened since the war? I don't. I mean, been a while. Been a while. Um, we've got a few players that allegedly won't be available this Saturday. Mm. We don't know who that is. Is it Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby? Because that would stink. Is Should it, we yeah. wildly speculate on here? It's. Uh, oh. I can do some rumor mongering. <laughs> oh Jesus! Man, I heard. I heard a rumor. <laughs> no. I, these know. people actually uh, are suspected of having a disease, a disease though, Ryan. Oh, okay. okay. I, I understand. I really, it's it's disconcerting at at best for Gus not to tell us eh. that it's not the mix. Well, he uh, <laughs> he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to tell anybody anything. That way, uh, the the opponent doesn't know what to do either. Yeah, but the worst case scenario is that Bonix is not playing. We got start Court Sandberg at quarterback. I, I I am under 
I, I'm suspicious that it's not a single starter. That's oh, you think, you think it's it's a huge bluff? It's a double bluff. Well, I I think how all these outbreaks happened is not starters going out and uh, you know mingling. It's going to be people that have fringe players, if you will, guys that aren't really playing a lot, uh, walk-ons, that sort of thing. That by this point, like I I can't. I'm going out for Halloween. This is silly. Yeah. I'm not. It's good. Yeah, the thing I, is, they're still in the same position groups as the starters, so right. you get contact tracing will always, right. but always if they, take some other guys away. Yeah. If they test negative, I mean, why should they have to sit out? Because yeah. false oh. negative. That's what happened to Baylor. They had uh, three guys with yeah. false negatives going on the airplane with everybody else and <laughs> take out okay. half the team. What team was it? I think it was a Pac-12 team that found out after the game that their starting quarterback got held out on a false negative <laughs> or a false positive. Oh, Yeah. Wonderful. Well, let's pretend all the stars are playing. Yeah. How confident are you that Auburn? It would be lose? the first time all season that all starters have played. <laughs> That's true. How confident are you that Auburn does not lose to Tennessee for the second time in the Gus Malzahn era? Well, after a double bye, I got no idea what's going to happen. So I, I had no predictions. Yeah. Auburn, I don't know. We should win this game on paper. You Auburn don't know who's going to be out. not at LSU last time. Last yeah. time we saw them, that team could be anybody. Yeah. Or LSU's the worst team in America. This double buy is so weird because I've just unplugged from football, so it doesn't even feel like the season is going on. Yeah, I think it's, almost it's really, at least on our end, it was like we, we kind of went into the assumption we may not see football anymore this season. Yeah. So it's, I, I have a hard time believing we have a game this week. Yeah, I, I, I think until Saturday morning, I'm going to be kind of whatever about it. I'm going to this one too, and I, I don't uh, know, <laughs> like. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like I, I don't know. It's it's a very weird thing, and I really hope that that anything close to that feeling has not seeped into the locker room. Yeah, and I hope it has seeped into Tennessee's locker room. Yeah, so, hey. exactly. <laughs> I, wasn't there a rumor at one point we were going to play Mississippi State this weekend? Ah, who knows? Yeah, I think that was going around a little bit. Well, people were talking about also the rumor that we could play the Iron Bowl this weekend. Uh, yeah, are bumping up the Iron Bowl last week, and I'm like, guys, they would have had to de- have decided that Sunday morning, and yeah. it was already Tuesday, and people were speculating that. I was like, no, 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 no. So, Ryan, you mentioned that Auburn on paper should win this game, and I'm looking yeah. at the stats that you shared in your show notes that I'm reading now for the first time, and <laughs> you are a hundred percent accurate based upon these statistics. Success rate is a is a great one. Uh, Tennessee has what I believe, if I'm doing my math right, the second worst offense in the conference in success rate. And mm, Auburn's yeah. defense has the fourth best defense in the conference in success rate. Is this correct? You're reading it correctly. Okay. What that um, means to me is that Tennessee does not get a lot of good yards on first and second down. Yeah, Auburn so success rate is going to be measuring like how many yards or how often you get the amount of yards you're trying to get. So right. usually it's on on first down if you get at least five. Excuse me. Um, on second down, I think if you get uh, like if you get, if you get it within three or four yards of the first down, 
Right. And then on third down, if you get your first down. Um, so Tennessee's getting that 40% of the time. It's uh, not great. <laughs> and that's what's hilarious is they're right around. They're actually worse than Auburn's average and Auburn is fourth in the conference. So Auburn, if Auburn held them to its average, which is 57% of the time, they would be improving their offense. If I'm reading that stat right. Correct. Yes, Tennessee's offense is actually worse than one of the best defenses the conference usually allows. Mm-hmm. So it's, they are as if they are playing That's the best true. defenses in the conference every week, which we know they are not because their schedule hasn't been. When you throw, what was it, three the pick sixes to Kentucky? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, that, that'll, that'll uh, knock your number on down there. <laughs> it's a steep hill to climb after doing that. They are also um, in the bottom – if you're below 10 in something, if you're 10 or worse in the conference, that's the dregs. We'll just define that as the dregs of the conference. They are in the dregs of the conference in yards per every call pass. They're 12th in the SEC in yards per call pass. They are 11th in they're the dregs of the conference in yards for every called run. So they can't run or pass. It's almost like Jeremy Pruitt is not a good football coach. Oh, but I heard Tennessee was turning the corner this year. Huh. Well, speaking I, of turning the corner, they are. Who they could are, have predicted? Who? <laughs> I ask you, who? Speaking could of turning the corner, they are 11th in the conference in rush yards before contact. So the running backs are not able to turn the corner. Hmm. And they are 10th in rush yards after contact. So their running backs are being tackled the second. If they were to break a, a tackle, they immediately are tackled by the next guy. That is horrible. This offense is the worst offense we faced. Right? Yeah, I mean it's it's basically they don't have anything they can rely on. I mean, they're okay. I mean, they get some big plays, so they're seventh in the conference in uh, offensive explosiveness. But I mean, they're just kind of lucking into stuff. I think. Uh, now explain their eighth in havoc rate on offense. So essentially getting their own plays blown up. So uh, have a great is the percentage of plays in which the defense gets a tackle for loss, force fumble, interception, pass breakup. I mean, okay. If so the defense doesn't, it doesn't happen as often to them as other teams. Right. So they're basically, they're not giving up big sacks, big, no, well, just, except for the three interceptions against Kentucky. They're just getting uh, like two yards of carry. Right. Like two yards it is of the pass. most boring football you can watch. They're like the old, uh, the, the late era Mac Brown, Texas Longhorns. Just bubble screen after bubble screen after bubble screen after bubble screen. Mm. Mm. After draw. It would be like watching the Auburn offense versus Georgia all season. I'm going to be upset if we lose this team. All right. Now let's, say that. Let's I think move. that's a fair statement. <laughs> let's move to the other <laughs> side of the ball. Control. All right. Chief, if I told you that one of these teams is third an explosive mm. play rate on offense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is going up against the ninth best defense in having explosive play against explosive against play yes would you say that you're confident that the one team might get some explosive plays yeah I think so I okay, think cool. so I th- I'd expect to see a few big 
25 yard tank Bigsby runs, maybe a, maybe a 90 yard touchdown run from him at some point, maybe a 90 yard uh, bomb to uh, Anthony Schwartz, uh, maybe a uh, situation where Seth Williams throws a guy on the ground and gets an extra 20 yards out of a uh, pass play. Uh, I, I Shiver's some... punk in another corner. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, let's, let's hope for that. Maybe all those guys aren't out this week. I'm hoping that the first play of the game is a bomb to Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> that would be. From here be, on out, and then the Iron hours. Bowl, they fake the bomb to Anthony Schwartz, and he runs a stop, and he's just wide open for a 15-yard game that he then turns into a touchdown. That's my goal. That we just set up. That, that does remind play. me of probably the most impressive athletic feat I've ever seen on a football field was the Tennessee game two years ago. When mm. Shortran, I can't remember if it was yeah. out or stop or what, where he had three guys pinned him up against the sideline just about, and he broke one tackle and left the other two in the dust. Yeah, he looked they like had the Super Mario had just picked up the he like Super Mario just picked up the flower, <laughs> and all of a sudden he can run twice as fast as everybody else. I purposely, uh, James Jones and I both purposely, I don't know if he's as successful as I was, attempted to erase that game from our minds afterwards. So um, I was pretty successful. I don't remember that. It was pretty great. I'm at the point where I struggle to remember what game that was from, but Mm -hmm. I do remember that play. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I always want to say it was in an Ole Miss game, but it's not. Yeah, it was like retweeted by like the NFL. Or something. Huh. I remember that. I remember something weird like that happened. Like the NFL. Like, hey, this guy's pretty fast. It's like, okay, well, he's ours. Give us a couple more years. We're gonna waste like, many games with him on the team. All right, look, uh, we've got to win this game. <laughs> Just, can't can't lose to, to Jared Guarantano again. Ugh. So Auburn is not. Auburn's pretty good at havoc rate. Auburn only allows havoc plays on 17% of its plays on offense. It's 13th. Only one team is better than oh, us. Oh, hang on. That's, uh, you're that's looking 13th at the wrong in a numbers. bad way. Oh, yeah. my bad. <laughs> I can't read defensive stats on offense very well. Okay, so Auburn is bad at that. But take heart. Tennessee is passing bad. and rushing, yes. Um, we've had a lot of plays get blown up or you know, just bad things happen. But take heart because Tennessee is – really bad at causing havoc plays on defense. They are, in fact, the 11th, Middling. The 11th worst team at causing oh. havoc plays in the conference. Wait, what am I? You've got different numbers than I do. There's two tables here, Chief. The second I table. Both. I know. I'm, I'm looking at the... They're second. ninth in called oh. in, in rushing oh. havoc plays. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And Sorry, 11th in passing havoc plays. I see the passing now. Sorry. All right. So Auburn's the best team in the conference in explosive run play rate. They're one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they're, well, they're we have a over, man over 20%. We have a man named Tank Bigsby uh, on our team. So, and he, he is pretty explosive. And I, I want to say he's not leading the team in explosive runs. It's uh, Bo Nix. Bo Nix is actually. Yeah, one of one of the tops in the countries, I think, because well, Bo rips off about ten yards uh, like every time he takes right. off. Right, so on the two minute yeah. drills, he seems yeah. to be pretty good at running in the last like last couple minutes of a quarter or half. Um, 
which I think is, a, is a, that's it. That's something you want to see. Well, guys, we'll talk about Sean Shivers and Eli Stove getting some carries that they're also, you know, able to pick up 10 yards at, you know, any given point. Well, who do you think is going to win the game, Ryan? Oh, I already took uh, Auburn in my picks. <laughs> I have not picked yet. I'm taking Auburn as well, by the way. I mean, I mean what's the if this game, if this game happened two weeks ago, I uh, I'm picking Auburn all day long. Well, I really it's don't. Ten and a half. Yeah. Jeez. This is falling off a cliff. I mean, give well, me Auburn and give me the points. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll take Auburn. It's just, or I'll, I'll take Auburn. Look, I think Auburn wins this, but I also think that anything can happen at this point. Because it's like a, it's you seeing ghosts about Tennessee over here. Well, it's I'm just, seeing ghosts about 2020. Like there's nothing yeah, I yeah, can't it's, predict it's, what's going to happen. I don't, I don't think you can predict anything that happens. We lost think, to South Carolina. I think any of you people gambling on this season are insane, like literally insane, because anything can literally happen this year. Uh, it is. Uh, it seems a bad time to get into the gambling hobby. <laughs> are you talking to me? Or? That's no, why they no, call it. Just, uh, that's why they call it gambling. I guess. Uh, Otherwise, it'd be making money on correctly well, picking who wins sports. Yeah, sporting events. <laughs> there are more predictable times to uh, to gamble than than currently. So, right. uh, but the, simply because of this, like we've had two weeks off, you don't know how these teams are going to react. You don't know what players are going to be. on Yeah, the you don't know what players are there. So, like again, all the guys I mentioned that could have explosive plays, they could all be out this week, and I have no idea what's going to happen. But um, assuming most of the team is healthy, assuming that we haven't uh, just fallen, lost all momentum, and forgotten how to play again, uh, I we, yeah, we win this easily. Like it could be a bloodbath if if. Most of our guys are healthy, and we just play like we did against LSU. Like it could be worse than that, I think. Is this our tune-up for Alabama, like usual? Sure. <laughs> Was it the 2013, 2014 Tennessee game where Nick Marshall had like 115 yards rushing, and we like threw seven passes? 2013. We didn't play him in 2014, right. did we? That's what I couldn't remember. Yeah. 2013. That's what I'm hoping this looks like. 13. 13 was awesome. Nealon emptied out before the, the fourth quarter. Like, it was awesome. I was there. This is what I'm I'm hoping this looks like 2013 Tennessee year. Just an absolute, like, kind of boring. Bo Nix throws the ball seven times. Yeah, boring in that it's, it really is over. It was over within the first, oh, like, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And Auburn never yeah. throws the ball. Yeah. That was awesome. That's, That's the day the where we set like the uh, SEC return yard record, right? Yes. I believe Let's Chris, do that again. I believe Chris Davis had a return for a touchdown. Uh, I, I believe that's correct. Chris Davis and maybe Trey Mason too. Yeah. That's possible. Chris that's Davis. The, remember that name later if you're, if you're watching the 2013 season for the first time in your life. That's uh-huh. the day my dog uh, Barkley was born. Shout day. out to Barkley. Yeah, shout out. All right, let's talk basketball. Mm, yes, let's. The time you're listening to this, it will be NBA draft day. By the way, we're in extra time now, based on your. Uh, I know. How we have to Dang go. it! <laughs> By the time you listen to this, it will be Wednesday, which will be NBA <laughs> draft day. Yes. And some of you might listen to this after Isaac Okoro becomes a San Antonio Spur, or whatever NBA team chooses to pick him. 
somebody uh, somebody was trying to tell me that the Hawks have are they now in the sixth position in the draft? Our good friend of the pod, Jeremy Henderson, has already said that's not going to happen. So I I trust yeah. him on all things Hawks. Okay, you should listen. You should read his article on the WarEagleReader dot com fine website. Um, and I didn't know he was Albert a, a Hawks guy. Huge, did not know huge that. Hawks fan. And writes eloquently about the Hawks and why they probably will not be drafting Isaac Okoro because they have not. It will be the third straight first round pick they've spent on a defense first wing. Mm. It's interesting because I think there's a lot of varying opinions among Hawk fans because if you go to Petrie Hoops, they're all in on them. Yeah, but they aren't the GM of the Hawks. (laughs) (laughs) If you're the GM of the Hawks, by drafting another wing that is a defense first wing you are admitting the last two guys i just drafted are not going to pan out yeah so so you can't do that unless, unless you you're tra- traded them for some other stuff i guess but i, I don't which I don't trades opened up today or yesterday so yeah ha- have there been any trades for picks uh i believe the sun's pick was traded for chris paul to the oklahoma city thunder the thunder picked up i think three first-round picks over like, the next couple of years. Yeah, the Thunder stockpiling picks. So, James Harden has not moved yet. That's the big piece that everyone thinks is going to move, and that's going to just shuffle the whole draft and also yeah. the league. So, keep an eye yeah, on yeah, that. Nobody at the top of the lottery has swapped their picks yet. Yeah, uh, I, I think the I Hawks mean, and the Warriors both are pretty big favorites to do that. But Yeah, I could see somebody trading back. Uh, maybe to get Isaac one of those top teams if they wanted him. Um, I don't know who they'd trade to. I'm not even sure the order. It's it's the Warriors are second, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's – let me pull and it they're gonna, I think they're going to get Wiseman. You do? Yeah. Okay. Because he's a center and they need to replace JaVale McGee, yeah. which is hilarious to say, but it's true. So, they need so right now the order is Minnesota at one, okay. Golden State at two. Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Washington, and Phoenix. Yeah. Mm. I, the first team that I think Chicago at five, maybe four. four. Um, I could see Washington going for him. I, Washington's a great fit for him because they have no They would defense. probably need to trade up, though. He was he falls to them at nine, they, he would a doubt start for them, and he'd be the only defender they've got on the team. What do they have to trade to get to him, though? I mean, I, it would they would have to rely on one of the other teams just want to trade back, right? Right. And that doesn't happen that much no. in the NBA. No, so. not unless you're playing, you're trading a guy. So maybe Washington yeah. trades yeah. Bradley Beal mm. and then gets a pick and something else. Um, yeah, which there's rumors that Bradley Beal's going to be on the move, but who knows? This is it's NBA, guys. The NBA is. As exciting as it is, it is more exciting in the offseason in a lot of ways because <laughs> of all the trades and free agencies and drafts and all that Is there jazz. a world well, in which the, the Orlando Magic trade up into the top 10 to get Isaac Okoro? Um, there is a world in which that happens because there's rumors that they're my, shopping my dreams. <laughs> But they could get Isaac Okoro and who starts? Chuma, Chuma playing together Who starts? Chuma or Okoro? And are you going to feel bad? Well, no. You start them both. Three and four. Man, I don't oh, know. Which, who's, league, who's, who's which one four? of those guys are playing four? Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Will you feel bad as an Auburn fan if Okoro beats a Chumo Kiki out? Yeah, I would. 
Nice. <laughs> that would be surprising considering they've invested so much time and money into Chuma. Yeah, that's why they're not picking Isaac. So. Okay, fine. I, I yeah. think could play the two, right? Uh, no. <laughs> if you have a score first point guard, which I don't know if Orlando yeah. does. Marco Fultz, they do. Right, like, like, if, like if you were Atlanta, honestly. Yeah, he could play the two for Atlanta. The problem is Marco Fultz can't shoot threes, yeah. and neither can Isaac. So yeah. you'd be put, you'd be basically saying, "We don't shoot threes on this team," <laughs> and that's not the way the league. Hey, that's okay. that's revolutionary get, at this point, though. New York at eight. <laughs> that's, Good, that's I know what, we don't want him to play for the dysfunctional. Probably going to happen. Right. Think, Jared uh, Harper. Well, sitting there at the point. What it, happens to Auburn fans' hearts when Jared Harper throws a pass, an alley oop pass to Isaac Okoro? Is just explode? Oh, it's the thing we never got that we always wanted. What happens to their heart when Jared Harper throws a really bad alley pass and Isaac can't make it, and then Isaac glares at Jared, and now we don't know <laughs> there, what to there, do, whose side to take. <laughs> there is you probably, blame the Knicks at that point. <laughs> there's probably a, a, a the Venn diagram of Auburn people that like New York teams. There's there's a very there's I know a very there's one on Twitter. Slim, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jack Cox. Huh? One <laughs> Knicks fan? Jasher. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a Knicks fan. Okay, so we got two on Twitter. Yeah. Well, who's the other one? Lonnie. Oh. Uh, guys, I don't know. I and then the other news, the Knicks are interested in Westbrook, which would mean that right. that's not good that, for Jared. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. So. And not good for I mean, Isaac, because Jared's that means not, not a starter either. yet, though. So is yeah, him getting Westbrook? Two other point guards. But besides, if you think about it, if you think about it, West, Westbrook and Isaac. That I mean, that's that would be good for Isaac. Maybe, except that Westbrook is guaranteed to not win. That is what oh. having yeah. him on your team is. True. You are guaranteed. Well, Isaac doesn't have to score. When yeah. Russell Westbrook's on your team, you're guaranteed to go. Man, what an incredible play! And the announcer said, "The announcer said." And that's 42 from Russell Westbrook. What an emphatic dunk. All right, Nick's down by 35. <laughs> like that's, that is the Russell Westbrook story. So we don't really know where Okor is going, um, yeah. but we are going to try and have a bonus episode. Wherever he goes, we'll try and get somebody that covers that team to come yes. on and talk to us. Um, kind of tell us how he'll, fit it, how he'll fit in. Hopefully we can answer some of their questions about Isaac in general, but maybe we'll get Jeremy. Uh, Anderson look out if that. he goes to the Hawks, that'd be what? cool. If he goes to the Hawks, we'll get Jeremy. He's rude to. Uh, well, we won't, we won't talk about production here. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm gonna watch the NBA draft for the second year in a row. Well, you only need to watch. There is an but outside yes. shot we could get two players drafted though. Uh, it's not Austin's not. A likely pick in the second round, but he, no, he's on some boards. This is the year to go undrafted. The ringer has really good articles. I think, so, about I think so people are smoking crack, but anyway, <laughs> like he, no, I mean, he, if you're, if, what are you taking like back in the second round? To, the seven footer, you know, you may, maybe you can work on him. If you're taking like a flyer, sort of an invite to the G League Combine, though, like it's not. Speaking of G League Combine, Samir Dowdy looked amazing at the G League Combine. He uh, shot really well from free throws, shot really well from threes, worked out for the Sixers last week. There's a really good chance that Samir ends up with a two-way deal, I think, um, for somebody. Similar to what Jared and Bryce got. Bryce is going to get another two-way deal, most likely. 
Um, well, so Bryce didn't have a two-way deal last year. Oh, right. He was just a G League deal. Right. It looks like he, there's some some heat on him getting a two-way deal. Um, the Celtics have openly talked about you know trying to get him on one, but I think he's probably got some interest from some other people. Yeah, and the Celtics we'll don't goes. have his rights. That's the way that this works, is that even though he played for their G League team. Right. They want to keep him in the organization. They want to keep him in the, I believe they if if they offer him a G League deal and let's say the Kings offer him a two way deal. He can just take the he can take the two way deal. The only That's way that the believe if the there's Celtics a G League team that has Jared Harper and Bryce Brown on it. Well, every Auburn fan is there. Like, is there a TV package you can get to see G League games? <laughs> I'll put, sure. I'll put it this way: Bryce Brown does the one thing, has one incredible skill that will get him, I believe, called up, and he could catch fire in some game, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, Jared, Bryce Brown has 14 points, in four the, or five from three. Yeah, it's like yeah. Bryce Brown scored 14 in his first ever NBA game. That yeah. kind of stuff could happen with him." And that happens with these with these G League guys every so often. They cut called up, they go they go off in their first game, and then like, you don't want to hear from them ever again because you know they caught fire and guys can get hot. But sure. we will see. Um, yeah, it's going to be crazy having probably six guys either in the NBA or the G League at you know a week from now. And they yeah. weren't all high recruits. I mean, Isaac was, Chuma was, but yeah. like. Bryce Brown was not. Samir Dowdy, I don't believe, was. He was a transfer. No, Samir went to VCU. I mean, yeah. he was a mid-major guy. Well, that's not necessarily – that doesn't mean he's not so as good. So is Damian Lillard. It's probably, it's probably better than most of the guys Auburn has uh, been getting uh, up until Bruce got But here, so. I, I think the point is, out of high school, he was not a highly touted recruit. Yeah, he wasn't going to Kentucky. Right. He wasn't um, even you know, going to the SEC. But, and Jared Harper wasn't going to Kentucky. He would have if he had about two more inches of height than he would have been mm. going to Kentucky, <laughs> most likely. But yeah, I mean, and he's he's a uh, got a two-way deal and got a YouTube show that I'm currently <laughs> yeah watching and going to review. It's only 15 minute episodes, so I think I can probably hammer that out tomorrow. What's well, it's like Quibi or something? Rest in peace, you guys. Quibi. You guys remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Quibby was a uh, <laughs> a uh, Quibby um, was the was the answer to man. People are quarantined at home. I bet all they'll do is watch streamable content. And Quibby said, "Bet they won't." What if we make long form TikToks? Yeah, I bet they won't watch our content. Oh man! All right, guys, it's good to talk to you, and I will hopefully this time next week we'll have. Multiple new NBA players to talk about. We're going to be previewing games next week, guys. Basketball yeah. games. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith signed for Auburn. That's right. Well, we'll talk okay. about him. We don't talk about recruits on this show that much, but we'll talk he's about him. When he, he's a signee. I know, but he could still like not play for Auburn. That's my Don't say recruits. He's not a recruit. He's a signee. Chief. <laughs> he's also a G League prospect for all I know. Well, sure. But uh, uh, odds of a G League season happening this year are bad. Um, and apparently he seems pretty committed to going to Auburn. So. Well, I hope. You're He's not going to any other college, that's for sure. That's true. In the United States. We retain his rights to play collegiate basketball, which that is a big deal. Because he's the highest ranked recruit in history of school. Yep. All right. Well, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more next week. Yep. 
Adios. Mm-hmm.